You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 67. My guest today is Justin Dean of That Church Conference, and he went and visited MailChimp recently and got us some answers for some very, very important questions. Check it out. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, available wherever toys are sold. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth. Glad to be with you today. And uh, today I got a real special guest. Uh, a few weeks ago, Justin Dean announced that he was going to be going to MailChimp to just interview them. They wanted to know what, how churches were using the platform. And I know a lot of us are. So he asked for great questions. And so we sent in a bunch of questions for him to ask. And he answered uh, a few of those on the show today that we had asked some of the important ones, like, um, why do we get charged for multiple, same person on multiple lists? Why not just one person, one charge per email, that kind of thing that MailChimp does. And so we had a great conversation about it. I'm at that church conference. I think this week that this podcast drops is the week of the 25th. So of September in 2018. So I should be there. Hopefully I'll be, I will be recording some snippets from the pot, from the, uh, the conference and making a podcast episode out of that for next time. So I'm really excited about that to bring you some of the insights and some of the life and si- sights and sounds of that church conference, which is one of the great, uh, communication conferences that's out there. And it's in Atlanta every year. Hope you can make it. If you do happen to be there or you're listening to this in your hotel room right now, I'm Seth. I'm the guy that's there, uh, hanging out and I am, uh, one of the table leaders. So come see me, come say hello. I'd love to meet you. Uh, Join the Seminary of Hard Knocks Facebook group. It is in the show notes and I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram. So let's get into this conversation today. I'm very excited to have my friend Justin back on the show. Here we go. Well, hey, I'm back here with my friend Justin Dean, who graciously was was able to jump in really quick because he had a quick meeting at MailChimp that I wanted to talk about. Justin, thanks for being on the show again, buddy. What is up, Seth? I am happy to be back. Yeah, you're, you're actually like in a hotel room or your car or something right now. You're on a trip. Well, you know, I uh, no, I'm just too busy jumping around. I actually did make it back to my, my new office, so that's where I'm at right now, but I got to pick up my kid from a youth group oh, cool. about half an hour. So, you know, cool. Well, I appreciate it. Her mom thing. Yeah. I appreciate you jumping in really quick. Uh, recently you had a, a trip to the MailChimp headquarters yeah. and a lot of people out there in communications use MailChimp. I'm one of them. We had, a, mm-hmm. and you had, you had posted in one of the groups. I think it was Sunday to Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. The, you know, what do you want me to ask? And several people asked a lot of the same questions, but then, I thought it'd be really cool to hear what you had found in your visit, because I know you talked to these guys. So tell us a little bit about the culture at MailChimp and kind of what you thought was cool about it while you were there. Well, you know, it was definitely a cool culture. They have uh, they just moved offices like in the last year to uh, Ponce Market uh, here in downtown Atlanta. So it's a really trendy, cool spot. Lots of cool hipster restaurants and uh, stuff like that. It's like an old Sears Roebuck uh, warehouse that's converted to office space and restaurants and stuff. Cool. So it's definitely a cool place to work. Uh, I visited them maybe 10, 12 years ago, and they were a small little shop somewhere else. And now, I mean, they, they must have three, 400 employees in this place. 
Uh, but it's a pretty fun place. You know, it, it reminds me of like visiting Google or Facebook. I mean, it's that kind of atmosphere, uh, you know, tech SaaS company. They always, uh, they always have cool places to work. Yeah. What, what are, what's something you noticed that you thought, man, if the church could nail this in their, either the communication department or just on staff in general, that you saw that was part of that dynamic of staff or, or how they work that you think, man, if we could get this in the church, that would make things great. What's something you noticed that, that was really cool like that? Well, I mean, it's, it's fun there, like bright colors everywhere, cool furniture, uh, you know, their mascot is this monkey. So there's just monkey stuff everywhere. It's so it's, it's a really cool place. Like you, you want to be there, you want to visit it, you want to take pictures of it. Um, I think, you know, in general, any, any office, but churches, uh, generally don't have fun workspaces. So, you know, that's one thing, but I did notice like you expect in these places to have huge open work pits, you know, like the open office, uh, areas. Yeah. And I, I saw they did have a, a few of those They were kind of small, but it, like, it seemed like in general, most people had their own office. There were, there were just offices everywhere in the, wow. in the middle along the edge. And, uh, you know, a few people like shared offices, but everyone had their own little private space. And I thought that that was cool because I'm reading all these articles lately about how open offices are actually, not a great idea. Like the productivity goes down, everybody's always sick and just, you can never make any phone calls or listen to music or anything. And, and, uh, so I thought it was cool that they kind of gave everyone their own little space. Yeah, that's nice. I I definitely love that. I have a door at my office because there's parts of our people on our team that don't. And it's funny you mentioned that even today, like our project manager was like, it's days like today. I wish I had a door because I've been interrupted over and over. And, yeah, I'm not a fan of the open office deal. I had that before at, at another church that I worked at. Uh-huh. And if it, the guy who sat across from me actually was one of the worship leaders. So he would literally take his guitar out and just start playing and singing really loud. And I'm like, dude, yeah. seriously, I, I'm trying to write like a small group right now or oh, something. I'm like, yeah. even if I put my headphones in, he's singing and playing a guitar directly at me. Right. And I was like, this is not cool. Come up to you and they ask questions and stuff. And that was kind of the theory with open offices is that it would spur more collaboration in some ways it did, but but at the same time, it's like, we can collaborate. Let's just kind of schedule it and be organized about it. Yeah. Like I know, I know where you are. I can come down there and do that with you. if I have a question. Right. It just, it doesn't work the way. Uh, people wanted it to, and you do. You like if somebody's sick and they come to work, everybody gets sick because you're just sitting there breathing the same air, and gross. it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there was a couple of questions I wanted to ask and see what you what feedback you got from Mailchimp that were pretty popular in that post yeah. that you made. Um, the first one is the big one. Uh, Mailchimp is uh, based on lists, and so you could have three or four different lists, but if my email address or the or one email address is on three different lists, they count mm-hmm. that as three different people. So right. your same email is counted three times if it's on different lists. And a right. lot of people were like, why in the heck would you do that? That's not cool. So why do you, because a lot of it's based on like your charge for how many users you have. And if that counts as three and there's only one person getting these, that seems mm-hmm. unfair. Legitimate question. So you asked that question. What did they have to say to that? So, like, I got I got a few different responses to it. And it, it seemed like the way they have it set up is, is pretty intentional. 
Um, and I, I think a lot of their answers were uh, geared around the idea that, that MailChimp actually takes like spam compliance and stuff like that very seriously, whereas some of the other email marketing providers uh, don't uh, as much. And so a lot of it uh, was around that, that they, they want to do as much as possible to make sure that they're compliant with people unsubscribing uh, well. You know, if someone unsubscribes, that they take that seriously, that you can't email them again and stuff like that. And it's all instant automated. Some of these programs, you unsubscribe and it says, you know, we'll take you off our list in the next 14 days. And it's like, well, yeah. this is a computer. Like, why is this not instant? Right. And so they kind of pride themselves on like, hey, that you know, they they make things like that super simple. Um, but to them, it, it's it's really it really is two separate contacts because if you've, you know, we're we're putting people on multiple lists most likely because, um, you know, they're they're separate uh, departments. That we're sending separate emails to each of these lists. Like I particularly have a ton of lists just because. Uh, the software that's linking up to it through our website and stuff doesn't always connect to groups, but it will connect to like top level lists. Right. And so, you know, each event has its own list instead of like a mega list with groups that are each event, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but they also provide the first 2000 contacts free, which uh, most of these companies don't do. And I think that's why MailChimp is, attractive to a lot of churches because most churches don't have a list that big. And so, uh, you know, their email marketing is, is practically free, uh, to use. Right. And, uh, so, you know, to them, it was like, look, we're, we're providing a lot for free and, uh, our, our plans are priced uh, accordingly. I mean, you could, you know, you can have a list up to 20, 25,000, uh, subscribers, even if some of those are duplicate and you're still only paying, you know, a hundred, 120 bucks uh, a month and they offer nonprofit discounts and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the answers were really kind of skirting around it and trying to justify it. Um, but to them, it was like, look, we're managing these separately. You're sending campaigns to them separately. If someone unsubscribes from one list, they're still subscribed to the other. And so all that is, you know, captured and managed separately uh, therefore, you know, it should be charged separately. There, there's no real cross-contamination between lists. And so, you know, I don't know, it, it kind of made sense. At the same time, it's like, well, you could probably put something in there to uh, to discount this for people. But, but I get it. Like, they are managing it all separately. Right. And I, that's, I think, what it, I, I didn't quite understand that. And I guess it's like the, how they're seeing the trade-off is that we're giving you a lot at the front end. And, uh-huh. and so because of that, we're able to, you know, we're saying we're, we got to make money somewhere. So I get, I get that, right. you know, but also, like even automation, uh, used to be not free and now it's free. Right. They, they're, they're doing a lot to add. Yeah. And, and no to- doubt, I love this company, you know, no doubt yeah. it's like, but at the same time, you know, when you get up to a list, like we have, we have 17,000 people on our list. It is no longer yeah. about what we get for free. It is about right. what we have to pay for. And so right. when we're paying for it, it's kind of like then the question is where that gets a little bit muddy and you're going, OK, well, you did give us some stuff for free and that's appreciated. We really like that. But we're not in that category. We're in the yeah. category of I got one person on here three times and charged three times. And so that's that's where it's like 
we have to manage our list health. We have to make sure we're doing it right. Because at the end of the day, um, one list with multiple groups, like you said, it doesn't always, some of the software you use for capturing leads or whatever doesn't always work properly right. with the groups. And, and that's and the struggle. That really is, you know, that really is on the software we're using and not MailChimp because MailChimp right. just has a pretty open API and, and yeah, they people do. use what want. Like, but it, it's true. There's a lot of, you know, I use a lot of WordPress plugins and stuff that they only connect to the top level list. And then there's others that connect to different, you know, tags and groups and things. So yeah. ideally MailChimp is saying, look, you really only want one list and then yeah. uh, you want to have groups under that. And now, you know, they've got these, these new tags that you can add uh, that help segment the list. And so to them, it's like, Hey, you really shouldn't have people on three different lists. You should have one list and just organize it properly. Um, but then it, it makes it difficult to use all these third party apps that aren't uh, quite developed well. Yeah. Cause the capturing thing, you're right. It, it is on the plugin to go, man, just, work with the API. It's, they are right. very generous with that. Yeah. Uh, and that's super appreciated too. Cause when you're working with the groups and, and interests and things like that, it's like capturing it. You can do that side of it pretty easily with some of the, the, the plugins. So I'd love to maybe hear what some of the plugins are in a second, but, uh, that do that really well. But, uh, mm-hmm. on the flip side, if you're uploading your list, cause you have a database, say like fellowship one that doesn't really integrate with or ACS that doesn't integrate with MailChimp very well, you know, uh-huh. now you're, you're uploading it, you're managing the list manually. So is there anything that we can do for like, cause I mean, let's say you got 10,000 people on your list and your student ministry wants to make, wants to use it. Your connections team wants to use it. You're, you're using it for your pastor's newsletter, e-news, whatever. Uh, you right. got all these different groups using it. The learning curve for how to segment and do groups and all that is kind of nuts when you're just a right. base level. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a pastor. I teach the word of God. Somebody else, please email for me. You know, right. that, that's what would you suggest we do in that kind of situation with MailChimp? You know, they, they actually do offer quite a bit of uh, training. So they, they've got a whole help section that's some really well-written articles, uh, training videos and things like that. So it's it's not too hard to... Uh, you know, spend a couple hours and, and train up on how to use it properly. So I definitely suggest that, um, you know, I run into people all the time who ask questions about MailChimp and they just don't even realize that that exists or, or how well it, it's done. Yeah. Um, it is kind of hard to find that from MailChimp. I mean, if you, yeah. if you type in the search bar, you'll, it'll bring up the knowledge base, but like right. you would know, type in MailChimp knowledge base into Google and find all this information. True. Yeah, it's it's definitely there. I would I would go, uh, you know, to the Mailchimp homepage. It's easier to find from there, uh, whereas it's not as easy to find like from within your account. Right. So that's, that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, so so there's that. Um, I'm also connecting with them. They actually have like a faith based uh, uh, liaison on staff there. And so uh, really? we're trying to connect with them more to say, hey, you know, uh, you valued this feedback that we, we brought to you from churches. Let's let's figure out ways, um, you know, MailChimp could now reach out to Fellowship One and say, hey, you know, you're connecting to our API, but there's so much more you can do with it. Let's let's help you, uh, you know, make that better. And that, you know, unfortunately, church uh, CMS software is not known for being like quick to develop new features and things like that. So that's. Yeah. That's going to be a difficult uh, yeah. task, but it, it's all open. Like MailChimp has one of the most open, incredible APIs 
Um, and so if, if you have developers at your disposal, um, they could probably create something custom, uh, yeah. but then, you know, that's not, that's not very common for churches either. So, yeah. and, then that, and that's something, <laughs> that's something really interesting to, to acknowledge too, is that when we're talking about APIs, a lot of people don't understand what that is. And the API is basically on MailChimp's side, they've opened up this code that you can use to access the features from your software. So it's like they, it's not really on them to make sure your software works with their stuff. Right. You know, they're not making yeah. money be, because Fellowship One works with MailChimp. They're like, hey, here's our stuff. You can use it. But yeah. Fellowship One or ACS are the ones that are not putting the time and effort into creating connections to that API on their side of things. So yeah. you got MailChimp, you got constant, constant contact and other things, <coughs> active campaign, play, people like that. And they're opening up going, yeah, use it. That's great. That's what we want you to do. But it's not really benefiting them to make all yeah. the changes for your software well, that's being really, lazy, like, you know, downloading the, uh, the CSV file and uploading it to MailChimp once a day or once a week is like, it, I mean, that's some really, it gets really shady a bit. Like it makes it yeah. incredibly hard to uh, properly manage the legality of like unsubscribes and things like that. Yes, it does. Um, and so Mailchimp gets super nervous with stuff like that. Like that's that's not the appropriate way to to manage an email list. And you know, again, it, it's it's not on them. They've done everything that they possibly can, short of reaching out to these companies that they probably have no clue about. Uh, you know, to, to help them connect properly to the APIs. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think the work can be done on our side that the more that churches write into these uh, Fellowship One and ACS and all that, the more they write into them and say, hey, this is a huge feature that we want uh, for you to properly connect with MailChimp and maybe even provide the articles and things like that. The more, you know, the louder we can be about it. Hopefully uh, they'll take it seriously. And then, you know, there's people like me working the MailChimp side to say, hey, you know, MailChimp actually employs, you know, 300 developers. Maybe they can uh, see the value in reaching out and, uh, you know, helping from their side to, to do more. Yeah. Uh, and maybe eventually we'll get there. But I hope so. I mean, yeah. we, we um, so so when you hear this podcast, here's what we should do. Here's the here's the homework for this is <laughs> go to you, whoever. Like if you use a MailChimp active campaign or whatever and and just uh, email somebody and say thanks. But then go to your CRM, uh, whatever database you're using, Fellowship One, whatever, and email them and say, hey, here's what we want. This is what we need to, to be able to do with our with our campaign mail uh, system. And let's right. just kind of blow up their inboxes to see if we can get some movement on that. Because there's a lot of those uh, companies that are like, we have no intention or any money to put into that. And right. so we just kind of need to know what's going on. So it's like, hey, if you're not even going to put money into it, it's time to make a switch. You know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of different companies out there that provide this these tools for churches. And it, the problem is they know it's incredibly hard to switch because, you know, you've got a donor management tied up in it and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, uh, so there's really no motivation for them to to work you know, quickly with this stuff. And a lot of these companies have been bought out left and right. You know, ACS used to be the, the city long ago and then it was something else and then it was something else. And yeah, it's, you know, fellowship one, I think was bought by ministry brands and now, you know, it's just not being developed anymore. And, um, so, you know, a lot of them don't sit there. That's why the rock CMS opened up. I mean, that's probably your best bet 
if you're yeah. able to switch is to go to Rock CMS, not only because Rock is completely open as well, it can be developed and added on and you can have plugins right. for it, but it would make it super easy to connect to something like MailChimp or Constant Contact or whatever you use. So, yeah, and, uh, and there's and there's companies popping up. A friend of mine and Brian Kaufman is creating something. Uh, he's got a great thanks. like integrated everything. Um, you know, you could look him up on Facebook or Twitter and ask him what he's got. Planning Center yeah. does some stuff with the API that's really Planning good. Planning Center is yeah, getting better and better every day. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of people are going to that. The giving option on Planning Center is where we're kind of waiting to see because yeah. that is tied up ours is tied up in our in our cms right now so i think you know, 50 60 300 years from now uh, all this will probably catch up and work great <laughs> yeah, that'd be great and the <laughs> 90s will be here the yeah. 1990s yeah. <laughs> be awesome well there was another question that was asked that i want to hit really quick um a lot of people send emails through mailchimp that sometimes start bouncing into the promotion folder of gmail yeah. And I know that you talked a little bit about that, of why that's taking place. Can you give us a couple, one, two, three points or so of what that's, why that's happening and what yeah. we could do about it? I think there's, there's two things that can really help uh, affect that. One is to scrub and purge your list. So there is a um, – we all feel like, man, why, why would we delete a contact from our list? Like if we send them an email, you know, if they never open it, if they never click on it, maybe they will someday. What's what's the harm in sending it to them <laughs> over and over, right? Like we're, we're so yeah. afraid. We're, you know, we're like, so proud of our huge yeah. list. It's like don't don't sell that VCR. We might need it one day when we want to see right. those VHS tapes. Right. <laughs> but there's – so there's huge value in, in doing that because um, yeah. – the, the better your open rates are, uh, everything is like scored. So behind the scenes, all these campaigns you send out are, are scored, not just with MailChimp, but in, in general uh, by, you know, the, the email police. And if you, uh, hashtag. If you have these yeah, <laughs> hashtag spam police, they, uh, <laughs> if you have these low uh, open scores, then your you know emails coming from your domain, whatever email address you're sending from, are now kind of considered uh, spammy or promotional. They're they're devalued because nobody's opening them, and so you you want to get that score up there. So if, if you have contacts, you know I, I would once a month go through, and this is what Mailchimp suggests is uh, you know pull a report, sort your list by uh, you know who who hasn't opened the last six campaigns or however often you you send in a month and uh and just scrub them you, you can it, it's a good practice to email those people particularly with something along the lines of hey we noticed you haven't uh opened our emails in the last you know 30 days uh we just want to check in and, and see if you still want to be on the list sometimes you you know they will click and say yeah i do i just uh, you know, don't have the time or, or, you know, some of this stuff, there's like a, a 10% margin of error too, just because there's so many email clients out there. Yeah. Sometimes people will review the, the email without actually opening it. And so it doesn't trigger that, that, you know, mechanism to, to market. Right. So uh, they're, so they're technically yeah. reading it, but it's just not, they're not basically clicking. Hey, right. I read that. The Outlook preview pane on PCs is known for this. Like if you ah. clicking down your, your inbox and seeing the email in the preview pane, uh, you might read enough of it to know that you can delete it and move on. 
uh, without actually clicking on it and, and opening it up. And so sometimes that doesn't trigger uh, those open rates. So pur purging your list actually helps. Uh, you know, you're not c connecting with those people anyway. Um, and so we need to just kind of wrap our heads around this idea like we want to keep it as tight and uh, small as possible so that we're actually emailing people who want our content, engage with our content uh, regularly. So that, that actually helps. That yeah. will and, eventually and, kick the algorithms in to say this is not promotional. This is, a, this is a main inbox type of item. Right. And I'll say to this, to those that are like, I don't know if I can do that. It, you've got to do that. It's, it's like they're thinking, oh, I want this for later just in case I want it. No, right. that, that's it, not helping you. All it's right. Not so, helpful. yeah, it's, it's not helpling anybody. And, so and they're not even reading it. Your email who want it. Yeah. So what was the second thing that you saw? So there, there's also a lot of functions within MailChimp. And I think this is true of other programs, too. But you can actually uh, like, ver you know, for one, you can verify your domain. Uh, so if you go into the settings of your, of your list, you choose what domain and email address that that list sends out from. Uh, you can basically choose whatever email you want. And then there's a, uh, you know, they usually make you verify that by sending you an email to make sure it actually exists. But there's a second step that lets you actually verify that domain. And they give you a, a little yeah. snippet of code that you put into the header of your website. Uh, and so if you're, you know, sending out it from mychurch.com, you, you would want to put that on your website in the header. Um, and that verifies that you actually own and have control of that domain. So that's one extra step that helps uh, verify emails are legit coming out of this email address. And then they have a system called uh, Mandrill, which is like a whole separate app that has a lot of like enterprise tools and things like that. Uh -huh. But one of the most basic functions of it is like a third uh, verification type of uh, system to where you're verifying that domain and they'll actually show you the scores um, that your your emails are getting and sometimes it may mean you know what if you're if you're sending emails from info at mychurch.com that's going to be scored lower because that's such a spammy looking email address right. but if it's coming from justin at mychurch.com that might uh, actually give you higher scores and so you know it'll tell you things like that uh, and give you suggestions of, of what to change. Um, a lot of churches I see even just use, um, you know, they'll use the info ad, they'll, they'll use no reply ad because they don't actually want people replying to it. And uh, that's actually not a best practice anymore. It's best to have that come from a person, whether it's communications person. Sometimes people just make it up, you know. It, right. it might change the name each time. It might be Evelyn, it might be Seth, it might be, you know, Mark next time. And, uh, but you know, create actual email addresses for those and use those instead. Uh, so stuff like that can help kind of raise those scores and make it look less spammy. Uh, they also suggested, you know, really pay attention to, uh, to subject lines and things like that. The, right. There are words that will trigger uh, spam, the content in the email and in the email uh, subject as well. Um, and they have tools. When you type in your subject, you can click on it, and it'll it'll tell you if it's good or not, and what words are, are good. Um, and there's definitely some words to avoid, uh, yes. you know, in your subject. Because and I would think like free. Like it's marked on the Gmail side. Once yeah. Gmail thinks anything coming from this domain is spam, 
then it's not a MailChimp problem. You're you're like trying to trigger the algorithms that Gmail has, and right. that'll take time. Yeah, and I think just spending a little bit of time researching that and and coming up with some things that you can write down and, and share with those on your staff that use mm-hmm. MailChimp and send out email to go, hey, these are some best practices that I've learned through MailChimp, through study, that if you're doing <laughs> these things, these are going to make it so that your mail isn't even received, much less read, right. and might right. even cause us to get blacklisted by yeah. not just someone's Gmail, but by Gmail. Right. All of Gmail. <laughs> it's like yeah, It could exactly. totally just screw everything from our whole domain. And well, so and that's, that's what the, the Mandrill service kind of does, because really, if you just if you just set up a general campaign and, and you use whatever email address and you didn't verify any of that, that email is actually coming from MailChimp. It's just being masked to look like whatever you typed in. And so if that if too many of those get marked as spam, it affects every account owner at MailChimp will now get lower scores and any mail coming from MailChimp looks spammy and gets thrown into promotions folders. And so that's why MailChimp is very cautious of that, that, you know, they don't want their whole system compromised. So they, they strongly suggest that you verify your own domains. That way it's, if anything gets flagged, it's, it's you and not them. Yeah. Um, and I'll, it, I'll put a link, true. I'll put a link to the article that explains how to verify that domain in the yeah, notes yeah. of this show, uh, yeah. in their knowledge base so that you guys can go to get that and start at least doing that. That's a huge first step for deliver. It's called deliverability and, uh-huh. uh, your deliverability rating and score is super important and to getting your email in front of somebody to have, even have the opportunity to click it and open it. But sure. uh, man, when you said that about the Microsoft Outlook uh, preview pane, I, uh, that triggered just a wow. Oh, I forgot all about that. I forgot that that thing did yeah. that. So there's all kinds of stuff that could go wrong <laughs> with email yeah. anyway. And so it's really important that if you're using, especially a mass email sending tool like MailChimp, you really know what you're doing with it. Just because yeah. it's free doesn't mean it's easy. Right. So that's important to remember. Well, Let's tweet that out today. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I also would suggest they, they have a great mobile app now that that was actually the reason why I visited their office is they, they asked me to come in and help give some feedback on, uh, on the mobile app. Cause we're, we're pretty, we're like a power user of it now. And, uh, they've built in some cool tools and they've got a lot of new features coming, but one in particular, after you send a campaign, if you have notifications, yeah within the app, it'll tell you, uh, you know, it's usually about 24 hours later, it'll, it'll pop up and it'll say, Hey, that campaign you just sent only, uh, you know, 30% of the people opened it. You still have 70% of the people on that list. Haven't seen this email. Would you like to resend it only to your non-openers? Mm-hmm. And with a click of a button, you can say yes. And it'll resend that whole email, but only to the non-openers. That way if someone's open it, they're not going to see it again. But someone who hasn't seen it, they're going to get it again in their inbox, and it bumps it back up to the top of their inbox. Because sometimes you you might have sent it at just an inopportune time, and and then you right. know they get thirty more emails and it's buried. Now it's bumped back up to the top. We we've used that feature quite a bit, and uh, we do get you know every once in a while we'll get some guy who's like, hey, you know, every email you guys send, I get two of them, and it's like, well, it's because you wait a week to open our emails for some reason. <laughs> but, yeah. We always get at least 20 to 30 percent more open rate. And so we're, we're looking at now like 60, 65 percent open rate 
on our lists uh, instead of 20 to 30 yes. because we're resending them. So the, the feedback I gave them was, man, when, when you click that button, it would be super cool to be able to quickly edit the subject to say something yes. like minor you know, um, that's what so I, that's what uh, I would say too. I use that feature too sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. man, I wish I could change the subject. So it looks like a little yeah. bit different email. It doesn't feel so spammy. Okay. Yeah. I think that would help with the, with the people who are like, why am I receiving this twice? You know, I would just add the word reminder on the front of it or something. Yeah. I know um, a lot of church, uh, communicators are going to hear that and go, wow, that seems real spammy. We already email our people a ton <laughs> And which honestly, that's the strategy. That's what you're supposed to shore that up, you know? So if you're emailing them too much and you don't want to send it twice, well, stop emailing them so much, (laughs) you know, figure out how to do that better. But I I definitely love that resend feature because you can take those opens and combine it with the other opens and you get, you get much better results. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, people don't, people don't mind as much as you think they do. No, they really don't. I mean, no matter what, you're always going to get that one, that one guy, but it, overall, people appreciate it and, and they see the content. And it's just not everyone manages their their inbox well. I mean, I'm a every day I'm you know down to zero, and and every time an email comes in, I'm I'm either replying, deleting, or creating a, a task for it. And uh, you know, I keep it nice and clean, so I'll, I'll see every single email that comes in. But I would say half or more. Uh, people out there just don't don't manage it like that. It's just a never-ending, you yeah. know, a bunch of emails, and and so it's easy to miss stuff. Yeah, it absolutely is. And well, which um, is a great reason to keep your emails short and concise, and and don't send ten a week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely I don't I don't do inbox zero. My I just keep everything. <laughs> just keep it all in there. Yeah, you're a slob. I know. It's it's like, and here's why. I will open an email and sometimes I get emails from friends, you know, like I get your email. I will open that email and try to click something in there. And then I might just exit right back out. Cause I want to give you that. <laughs> yeah, that that's fraud. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I want to, I want to help your deliverability. I want to uh-huh. help. I want to help that. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to delete this, but I don't have time to read it right now. I'm going to come back to it. And so wow. I may come back on like a Friday and go, let me read, it. let me read all these emails that I got. Like I do that for the hustle a lot. I'll get five of those. I get one of those yep. every day, you know, and, but I don't have time to read it all the time. So I want to go back and on Friday or, or if I'm looking for a good story to share, you know, in my own email list, I'll go, well, let me look and see if there's anything in here. I'll read through them. And it's nice to be able to just sort and have them. But, for uh, sure. but I definitely forget that I have stuff in there. It's definitely a mess, but Still, I'm definitely not an inbox zero. I'm a slob. I, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a slob in so many ways in life. Well, um, thanks, Justin, for coming on, man. I, this was super in, informative and, and very helpful for MailChimp to understand MailChimp for us to understand it. Uh, I'm glad they gave you that time to, to, to talk yeah. and ask questions. They're, they're a great company. I think, you know, there's so many email programs out there now, but I've, I've always loved MailChimp. I've used them for years and years at different companies, and they – it's, it's not only one of the easiest to use, but they just add really smart features uh, every month. And uh, I still think it's it's one of the best ones out there. I, I hate the setup and UI of like constant contact and stuff. Um, but uh, Active Campaign is one that's pretty cool that has a lot of different features. But I'm just not sure they're, they're relevant to, to churches and stuff like that. Yeah. So Active- MailChimp is powerful. And, uh, you know, if you use it right. Yeah, Active Campaign is all is based on a Infusionsoft kind of right. kind of model, and Infusionsoft is what 
like you use if you have millions of dollars. It's super oh, expensive it's so to expensive. use. So many features. It's so hard to use. But it's I mean, like people, anything people you want to do, it can do it. Here to run it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man, for spending some time and, and sharing your, your experience with us and your knowledge with us. So always, a, always a pleasure to have you on the show and um, do a, do a quick plug for that church conference. It's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're almost sold out. So it's uh, our fourth annual conference coming up next month in Atlanta. Uh, you can get all the info at thatcc.com. And uh, if you're not familiar with that church conference, it's basically the, the most practical uh, communications and marketing conference for churches. We've uh, done it the last four years. And it's uh, not only a super fun time and great food and good networking, but we, we seriously uh, hone in on the content and make it as practical as possible so you can apply what you learn right away and uh hope to see you there i mean we've got maybe 20 tickets left so if you're thinking of coming go to that cc.com and grab one uh you know as quick as you can absolutely we we are going to live stream it so you can catch most of it online as well awesome yeah it's a great conference i look forward to it every year it feels like going back home to that high school reunion that you actually want to go to oh for sure (laughs) and you see everybody that you know you follow online yeah it's so fun so I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. I actually am having knee surgery next week. I moved it up so that I could have a better recovery so I could actually get there and not be so on crutches. So I'll be crutching or caning around a little bit, but I will be there. You got to get a cool cane, man, with like a, I do. you know, like a mosquito in the, uh, the resin. Yeah. Or a like sword inside of it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, thanks, Justin. I really appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I'm Seth. That was Justin. And I hope you'll come back in a couple weeks and see what else I got for you. Thanks. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Bathroom Selfies. Because narcissism doesn't wait for a better background.